good. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Hannah. And my name is Kate. And this is That Took a Turn, the podcast. We did it. You said you wished all those who are listening goodness, no matter time of day. Yeah, who knows? Unless it's, let's see, what'd you say? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good evening, good night. Mm, good night. Good midnight? Good time. Good time. Good times for all. Father time. And for all, a good time. <laughs> oh, lang syne. <laughs> Uh, this is our last episode of our very first season of That Took a Turn. Episode numero... <laughs> I was gonna say siete, but it's ten, and then I yeah. was questioning what ten is in Spanish. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez. Diez. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so fluent in Spanish. We're here. Here we are. Hello, listeners. And uh, non-listeners who are being forced into this experience. We're so happy to have you here, even if you're not. Yeah. I was going to ask you when you said good evening, Mm -hmm. and then I added good night and good midnight, my mind went ping pong, ping pong, ping, and I was (laughs) thinking, hmm, what's your favorite midnight snack? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm... I haven't had a good midnight snack in a while, honestly. Really? Are you yeah. not a midnight snacker? Uh, not usually, because I like staying in bed. Oftentimes, uh, I'll like I'll stay in bed even if I'm hungry. Really? Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. If I'm hungry, there's... I become the Jason Bourne of the night <laughs> in my plight to find food. The other night before I went to bed, I did have... Some leftover waffles that my partner and I made a couple days ago. So that was good. But I definitely ate them, like, in bed with the lights off. And really? Yes. And I was just... Immediately went to sleep right after because sleep was on the cusp. It was it was right within my grasp. <laughs> and so I wanted it so badly. <laughs> that's well and fine. But I have to know... Did you have syrup on these waffles? No. So it was just a plain Just waffle. Well, they had chocolate chips. One had chocolate chips, one had banana in it. But oh, that's delicious. Yeah. Uh, they were pretty good. They were cold. Um, so you just... Just ate them. Did you just, like, blindly yep. grab in the fridge and then no. that's what... I knew what I was looking for. Oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> that's good. That's so interesting. What a difference in my midnight snacking. What is your midnight snacking like? Well, last night, for example... First, when I said I was Jason Bourne, I think that's what I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I said I was Jason Bourne, <laughs> it truly begins the minute that food comes to my mind. My eyes, zing, open. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have to do a very careful maneuver to move the covers onto my partner Jake and off of me, but in a way that doesn't move anything and yet moves everything at once. Yes. <laughs> and... <laughs> Then I slowly slide out of bed and have to edge around the bed so that I don't hit my puppy's kennel, mm. which is at the base of our bed. Do you bring her kennel up. in here in your room in the middle of the night? 
Yeah, we bring her kennel in at night. Continue, sorry. Yeah. Describing. I was just thinking about dog separation anxiety no. and how fucked I am for that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think about it, not right now. Anyway, back to my mission. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I slide to the edge of the bed, and once I get to the very corner that's closest to the door... I reach out in front of me and paw around until I get to the door. Now, new development, there's a new hook that is on our door. At one point, it had a backpack on it, and that was very confusing because it was right (laughs) on the doorknob, basically. Now there's a coat. It changes daily. I should probably check before the lights go out, Mm -hmm. but I don't. Open that door. Have to go through another room to get to a different room that is the (laughs) kitchen. (laughs) And then last night, I made a hot cookie ice cream sundae. Ooh. Yeah. What time does your midnight snacking usually strike? Well, I usually go to bed around 10.30, and the munchies hit from anywhere between midnight and 5 a.m. I mean, I've been known to have Oreos at 5 a.m. Whoa. I didn't realize that. Yeah. No, and, and if I'm hungry, I really can't go back to sleep. Even if it's just slightly hungry it's like the the difference in sorry my stomach just made a gurgle and I, was I like, heard it minute. all the way from over here <laughs> whoa I wonder if we caught that on the mic that'd be fun um but yeah once I eat I can fall right back to sleep although last night I couldn't hmm. I had Russell's like feelings and was mm. just like kicking around and dang it, you know it was pretty icky so I just went and slept on the couch mm. But Damn. we have such a comfy couch. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Midnight snacking. Yeah. Was that a thing when we lived together? Oh, absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Huh. It's always been a habit of mine. I know that it's not... You're not really supposed to eat, like, two hours before your bedtime. Yeah. Or, you know, when you're supposed to be sleeping. <laughs> but there's something about, like... I just feel like I'm living on the edge, you know? So then what happens... Like, after brushing your teeth-wise, you just go right back to bed? Wait, are you suggesting that I brush my teeth after my midnight snack? I'm I'm more so asking, because no. that doesn't seem like... No. It doesn't seem logical to me. I, I do not. Huh. It's funny, though, because I really don't eat that much during the day. There have been times where I'll have, like, a banana during the day. Bad. Bananas are bad. <laughs> No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and I just kind of, like, forget about it because yeah. my mind is just, like, doing other things. running. Yeah. yeah. And so I think at night when I finally slow down a little bit, my body's like, hey. You're hungry. You asshole. Mm. We need fuel. Damn. Why do you think you feel so shitty all the time? It's not all the time, but. Yeah. My eating habits are subpar, to <laughs> say the least. Well, speaking of, today's episode is all about. Habits. habits. Do you do you believe in bad habits? Or, I guess, good habits, bad habits? You know how people say, like, oh, that's such a bad habit for me. I think, yes, as a concept, sure. Maybe but I should I, ask a different question, because that's, do you no. believe in bad <laughs> habits? No. <laughs> I think what I was going to say, though, is um, kind of referencing what uh, Mike had said when we interviewed Jake and Mike. Ah, yes, Mike, one half of Limitless Mental Performance, LLC. How he referenced things as more of a pleasant, unpleasant Mm, experience rather than, like, positive, negative, good, bad. Yeah, the duality Um, of that. Yeah, because thinking about 
one of my quote-unquote bad habits that I had was biting my nails. Mm. Was that actually bad for me? Like, was it causing problems in my life? Was it causing destruction or anything actually bad? Yeah. No. It's not to the level of serial killing. Yes. That's a bad habit. That's a bad one. (laughs) But we are going to name that now. Yes. But yeah, more of a, like, useful, unuseful, for sure. I like that. Useful or unuseful. Yeah. It's interesting to me because the word habit, in my mind, indicates doing it without thinking. Like, repeating with the actions go forward even if your mind isn't there. Yeah. But unless I'm thinking about something, it doesn't become a habit or the habit doesn't uh, actually happen. Yeah. Even if it's extremely established. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll go through phases of habits, I think. I agree. I will too. And I think it depends on your lifestyle at the moment. But in thinking about habits, I also think the habits or the routines that you decide to pursue and actually put energy towards, that influences your lifestyle too. I feel like I am not a logic-based person. I'm more of a feelings-based person. More right side of the brain than left side of the brain. I can never keep them straight because they're always opposite. Yeah. Left, Left is logical, analytical. Left logic. Left logic. Yeah. Right Right is more artistic, fluid, flexible. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But when I have tried to form different habits and construct a routine for myself, I have learned that nothing works better for me than going off of an emotional feeling or a physical feeling. Mm. Just knowing that something is good for me, like drinking a certain amount of water or having a certain amount of fruit or flossing my teeth, just knowing that that is logically good for me isn't enough to get me to do it, you know, because it's hard. Right. But what I've been discovering is that I need to rely on the physical sensation and the emotional sensation for me to keep coming back to an activity that I want to make a habit. Give me an example. Yeah. So like, uh, make, like I mentioned making my bed Mm -hmm. right away after I wake up, the feeling that I get emotionally. Before you move on, Mm -hmm. did you do it this morning? I did. Yes. Yes. Good work. Yes. Thank you. Only been working on it since middle school. Yeah. For in high school, even I never made my bed. I was going to say, I, I, you strike me as the last person on earth who would make their bed in college. Never made my bed. Do you feel better as a human Mm. now that you do? Yes, very much. Yeah, it's like, it's almost like my day can't fully begin until my bed is made. Mm. So by doing it immediately after I wake up and then I, you know, leave the room to go walk my dog and then I come back in the room, the emotional sensation that I get is like, it's orderly, it's clean, it's put together, and you're ready. And yeah, that, it's buttoned up. Yes, that like that feeling is what I like. It's not so much the that my bed is made, it's the feeling. I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. That does make sense to me. I think, at least as, as far as bed making goes, 
Well, I, I'm one of those people that has to do it before I get into bed at night. Or if I make my bed, it's the signal of, well, I can't go back to sleep now because then I would ruin my bed. Mm. So a lot of times I don't make it until after I've napped. That was my logic all through all through my existence until college. Or actually until, like, last year. Because I guess it's... Yeah, like, if you're going to just sleep in it again, why would you make it up all nice? And the why was missing for me. Sure. And I think I have found the why in that emotional response. Hmm. And psychological response. Nice. Yeah. What's a different habit of yours that is strongly tied to an emotional or physical response? Mm -hmm. Um, Stretching before bed. That's one that I have been trying to establish, but it's really hard because sometimes you're just too tired or like we podcast sometimes late into the night and I just don't want to bother with stretching. By the time we're done, it's already time for my midnight snack. And And there we are. (laughs) And bada bing, bada boom, it's morning. Um, But I have realized fairly recently, like within the past couple of days how profoundly stretching helps me both physically and mentally. Um, I don't do a lot of physical activity during the day. And a lot of the time I'm sitting or slouching or leaning. I That seems to be the, the norm, especially yeah. post-COVID with the work yeah. from home life. And yeah. everybody has at least... I'd be surprised if there's only one thing you have to do on your computer per day. Right. Right. Screens are a fact of life. Oh, yeah. Fact of life. (laughs) But I've been noticing that if I don't stretch before bed, I feel old. I feel like an old person. My body is deteriorating. And if I do spend like 15 minutes just on my yoga mat, stretching, doing whatever my body is telling me it needs to do not really going through a a rigid routine or Mm -hmm. anything just kind of like seeing what the flow is and where my body needs to be stretched I feel refret like it it sounds like it it's obvious but it's yeah it's real it I feel refreshed rejuvenated it just it brings me back to life I've become really inclined to keep revisiting that activity because it gives me immediate gratification. Did it give you immediate gratification when you first started? I don't think it did. I think um, when I first started, it was more out of like necessity because I was working a relatively emotionally stressful job. And when I would come home, I would just need a moment to, like, transition from work time versus home time. So there were a few times when, like, I would come home when we were living together and I would go to my room and just, like, lay on the floor. And I used to do that in middle school, but I would play Mumford and Sons The Cave on repeat and stare Uh. at my fan questioning life. (laughs) It was more of like an existential crisis than it was just like a moment. <laughs> but it's necessary sometimes. It's a good reset. But it is. It, it's, yeah. 
Um, but now I, I've realized that it's something that I need to need and want to incorporate into my everyday life because it benefits me so much. So it's a habit that I want to solidify more. Nice. Yeah. That was interesting to hear you talk about because I think it's very, uh, at least given that I know you telling of your personality, the fact that you're, so I meditate before, I call it meditation, Mm -hmm. but need to add. Yeah. Yeah. I need to add stretching and I use like a lacrosse ball to just kind of roll out and whatnot. But for me, it's such a routine. Like Mm. there's no go with the flow. Mm. Like, what are you talking about? There's no flow. It's a very orderly process. The repetition of it is what makes, for me, what makes it enjoyable, I think. Nice. I was going to ask if that is beneficial to you. Despite the fact that there is no flow, is that what you need? Yeah, because I I do think there is a flow to my practice regardless. Mm -hmm. Hearing you say that your habits come from an emotional and uh, maybe like sensation based Mm -hmm. place is that's really cool I really admire that because ever since I was a little kid I've always been very rules driven very um, I just heard Mm -hmm. Winnie my dog wake up Yeah. Um, she goes (laughs) But I've always been guided by the rules that have been set for me mm. and find it difficult to stick to rules I set for myself because I can just go in circles questioning them and adjusting them and rearranging them. And meditation is actually one habit that I've gotten into mm-hmm. that has stuck, kind of like what you were saying, more out of necessity than anything else mm-hmm. just because... That mind-body connection isn't something I get to a lot of times in my day. And it honestly makes more of a difference for me if I do it in the morning than it does at night. Mm. I'm better at doing it at night. Um, I haven't done it the past couple days, which for me, that's just an indicator like, okay, this is a, you're having a bit of a moment. Mm-hmm. Cool beans. Let's, mm-hmm. let's it's make a good some signal. Yeah, yeah, it's a signal. It's a signpost. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think that. For me, it's not... I I can be very consistent and very uh, reliable if it's someone else's rules. Hmm. If it's my own, I don't trust it. Interesting. Yeah. Which I wish I did. I think going into that field of education, I am confident in what I'm asking other people to do in terms of, you know, Mm -hmm. students or even just coworkers or managing in a workplace type setting, then Mm -hmm. I I am confident in that. But when it's for my own well-being, I kind of just have to take in all of the information, really like look every, take everything into consideration, think if it's actually the best choice. It just, it takes a lot for me to actually, for me to have enough proof to go against everything in me that's saying like, well, how do you know? Mm. What makes you an authority on that? Mm. I think that's, fascinating and something that we both have known growing up with each other that our brains function very differently what uh-huh <laughs> but i think it's fascinating to put 
those experiences next to each other and it's a great example of how people's brains work yeah how different we are but similar just how I don't know I think it's similar enough in the sense that we can readily understand where each other's brains are going where the thought patterns are going which is probably due to the amount of time spent learning that's fair. Oh, I was thinking about something the other day. Yeah. Um, so, in terms of habits, I was thinking about something the other day. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> what I realized was that we all have habits, but just because we don't want the... Like, bad habits... What am I trying to say? I don't know. <laughs> like, when I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is let my dog out because she's screaming at me. <laughs> and then, you know, make almond butter, honey toast, and, you know, do all of my things. And so I have habits, even if I didn't try to make them, or, like, unintentional habits, I guess. Yeah. And I think at different points in my life, I've had different unintentional habits. And it made me wonder, like... I don't know. It was much more interesting in my mind. What? I was like, oh my god. No, what other unintentional habits have you had at different points of your life? Like, that maybe aren't there anymore. Um, well, this is silly, but every time I sit down on the toilet, I pull my phone out and check Instagram. That's a, yeah, a given. I, yeah, I feel like that's a pretty common habit. I guess the habit of leaving my clothes on the chair in my closet rather than, like, putting them away. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I'm still going to get to that, but then don't. Mm-hmm. Or just little things where it's something I repeatedly do, and it's a repetitive yeah, motion. Yeah. And therefore a habit, but not... An intentional one. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, well, I think that leads into how difficult habits are to break because I feel like the habits that you want to break are the unintentional ones or the ones that are already automatic. That's true. That's a good point. I didn't... Or... No, no, you go. I, I was going to say I didn't learn much about how to break a habit effectively. Um, I looked more into how to form habits because um, mm. I've heard multiple different things. Yeah, I think the the old wives' tale is like twenty one days. Yeah, I I remember hearing that in, I think it was middle school or high school, and it was going to be one of my habits to do like brush my teeth, floss my teeth, and do mouthwash. Like, you did have a, like a, a, a thing full routine for dental hygiene. Yes, I wanted to be a dentist for a second because you always got compliments on how good your teeth were. Mm-hmm. Was that why you think? No, I think I, I mean I think the attention helped. Sure. Like it drew attention to my teeth wow, and your dental teeth look hygiene. So good today, Hannah. <sighs> Thank you. Are you thinking about like dental hygienist school anytime soon? I did brush my teeth at three p.m. What? <laughs> That's crazy. For the first time. Today. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. Driving. Um. So yeah, the t- whole twenty-one day thing, I learned from firsthand experience. Bunk. Wait, what? It's what? It's bunk. <laughs> A study was published in... Anytime I have a habit that (laughs) no longer worked, I'm just going to declare in the middle of my day, 
bunk. No matter where I am or what I'm doing. Sorry to interrupt you more, but that was funny. Okay, so I looked it up. According to a study that was published in 2009 from the European Journal of Social Psychology. Are you sure it wasn't your study on your bathroom mirror? I'm positive. (laughs) It went far more in depth. Uh, The study was called How Habits Are Formed, Modeling Habit Formation in the Real World. Ooh! Okay. Uh, It's by Lolly et al. Lolly and her Lolly et gagging. Okay. So this study... This study included 96 participants who wanted to introduce a new activity or habit into their daily lives. Um, So they all tried to incorporate either a small eating, drinking, or, like, activity habit throughout their day. And it was recorded how long it took for their new habit to become, quote-unquote, automatic. That's an... A pretty small sample size and mm-hmm. a pretty wide range of habits to take on for for a study like that. Yeah. It's interesting. I didn't look at any other studies, but this um, study was referenced a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like, when I looked up the, the abstract and, like, the actual, um, what do you call it? Paper? Yeah. Sure. Paper. <laughs> the actual journal where it was written. Yes. When I looked Dear at... diary. I... <laughs> Sorry. When I looked it up, it, uh, it was said that it was cited a lot and referenced a lot um, and corroborated <laughs> a lot. I don't think corroborated is the right word. I'm sorry. I just... <laughs> I just... What? Looked at you and started laughing for no reason. <laughs> Am I doing a bad job? No, not at all. You're very, like, you're doing great. I, I shouldn't have laughed. I just, <laughs> I felt it coming on and I couldn't, I couldn't stop it. Okay, go on. Good, I'm glad you let it out. So, oh, for example, people would maybe decide to drink a bottle of water before lunch or something, like a small task to make more automatic in their lives. Um, the study showed that it took anywhere from 18 to 254 days for, yeah, for the habit to become automatic. Um, did they define what automatic was? So good question. Um, they said they used the word automaticity. Okay. Um, also known as how automatic the action has become. Like, doing it without thinking. Yeah. There's a brain pathway yeah. that's been formed so that you don't have to say, oh, I'm trying to form a habit. I should drink this water before lunch. Yeah. You're just drinking it's, it. You do it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, which I didn't look into it anymore beyond that. But... Um, well, that's kind of silly that they use the word automaticity. Like, we define automatic as automaticity. <laughs> like, great. That tells great, us so thank much. Thank you. Automatic. Um, the study also indicated that missing a day here and there of the activity does not drastically affect the long-term success of habit formation. But the more consistently an activity can be repeated, the automaticity, or how automatic the action becomes, is increased. So what we can gather from this study is that habits take a long-ass time to form sometimes. It can take up, like the study said, up to 254 days, and probably beyond, if we're being real. Sure. 
Um, but at the same time, it can be as quick as 18. Mm-hmm. So maybe, yeah, you know, try it for 21 days. And at that point, you've at least got enough groundwork where any day, literally any day now, it, it could become yeah solidified. Right. What we gained from this study is that habits take a long-ass time to form, and that even if we fuck up every once in a while, it's okay. It's not going to drastically throw us off our trajectory. Um, that reminds me of... I was listening to My Favorite Murder a while ago, and they were talking about the difference between a slip and a slide. Mm. Um, and Georgia was saying... I was equating it, and I think she was too, to addiction or honestly any bad habit that you're trying to kick Mm. if you have a slip like let's say you're trying not to drink and you slip up and you do have a drink just let it be a slip don't turn it into a slide yeah and then go on a binge Mm -hmm. with drinking yeah because if you can think of it in those terms versus like well i already fucked up might as well keep fucking up because that's that's a lot of black and white thinking and we all do it but if you can keep it in your mind that, okay, there is gray area to this, and it doesn't have to be a, my sobriety's gone for the year I had it, and I'm mm-hmm. never going to get it back, so I might as well just binge mm-hmm. and go crazy. Like, yeah, better have it be a slip than a slide. Yeah. And I think that's a good point, that like we have the power to control our, our slips to an extent and not let our slips turn into slides. Right. Yeah. Right. And even if you are sliding, you can always get to the end of your slide mm-hmm. you you decide when the slide's up. done yeah that's true when you've had enough when you're um, done going <laughs> and having the time of your fucking life yeah when you want to get back to reality when you want to just like cry say, fuck you <laughs> but yeah. i think you bring up an interesting point as well that if we put habits and addiction next to each other it's really interesting because i feel like um some of the narrative was that like Smoking or drinking or anything of the sort was a bad habit that people could kick. And I think now, with more research, it's clear that habits and addiction are not not quite the same. But I see what you're saying. My own personal experience with addiction, I wouldn't say it's a crazy addiction that has tremendously impacted my life, but I definitely have had and am working through an issue with weed Mm. and I'm sober at the moment but if I think of it as an addiction I am powerless against it and even Mm. the the, uh, language used in any kind of AA meetings which by the way there's really no community out there for any marijuana anonymous there is but it's all online so if you're out there you're not alone here I am Uh. (laughs) we can hang (laughs) and not smoke weed Cool, cool cool let's do it But anyway, back to my point, if you feel powerless against it and over it, then you're a lot less likely to do something about it Mm. because you don't see it within your your control. But at the same time, if it's a habit and it's something that you can act on and change, well, then it's something that you do have power over. And there is a difference between smoking 10 joints a day and nine. Yeah. Or even nine and a half and 10. Mm -hmm. And just... Bringing it back that small amount or exercising willpower over yourself to some degree in any habit or any addiction is a big deal. You know, Mm -hmm. like people can kick an addiction Mm -hmm. and that's very doable 
I know that AA literature would say that it's by letting your higher power take over and blah, 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 blah. But even without a higher power, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're still the one putting that work in. And even if you need a community to do it, I I don't know. I I see what you're saying. But I do think addiction takes the blame away. Have it doesn't. And being aware of that for yourself in terms of if you are addicted to looking on your phone while you're going to the bathroom, like I mentioned earlier, which is a weird thing. But if you can't control that for yourself, okay, maybe naming it as an addiction is going to help you Mm. seek out resources without blaming yourself so heavily. Sure. But if it, if being able to take ownership over it is what's going to help you out the most, then call it a habit. Yeah. I like that. And I don't think I ever considered that perspective, but thank you for saying that. I really like that because what I was thinking in terms of like saying that habit and addiction are different is naming something as an addiction does take some of the blame away which can be really helpful for people that like it's not you it's not you right choosing to do these bad things it's it's it happens it yeah i yeah. remember my mom always saying my parents which i think we mentioned in the last episode recently celebrated 27 years of marriage yes. which is huge and awesome and how whenever we would talk about uh I keep thinking adolescence, but adultery, that's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Different things. (laughs) But it's not, rarely is it ever, I'm in love with my husband or or my partner, and now I'm going to go full-blown, like, this coworker, we're going to have sex, we're going to just have an emotional affair completely, it starts right now. Mm. It is a slope. Like, Mm. it's a gradual slide into that. And so... I think that is true of all things. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always happen, boom, you're an alcoholic one day. Yeah. It's it's a collection of choices and actions that eventually lead you to, shit, I don't know how to get out of this anymore. Yeah. And honestly, that kind of circles back to one of the things that we can gather from this study is that it's the small incremental steps that can take a long-ass time to get to where you want to be. Right. And it's yeah. the little things. It's the little things. Ugh. It probably helps with having that mindset going into it that like this might take a while and I might not see the results that I want to within the next year even. Yeah. But am I getting closer? Yes. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Hey. We come to interrupt this podcast to announce a very important opportunity for you. This is your chance to shine. This is your sign. This is your ad space. If you have a creative pursuit, a small business that you want to promote, or anything else that you've got going on that you just need a shout out for, we got you. For no money required. Zero cost. Email us at that took a turn podcast at gmail.com. That's right. Email us at that took a turn podcast at gmail.com. We appreciate you listening to us. We want to give you a shout out as well. You know what? I bet you can't wait to get back to this episode. Let's get back to it. Uh, bye. Bye. <sighs> so you were saying. So I was saying. Nothing in this life is fucking easy, Kate. Oh, have, man. We, <laughs> have we learned this yet? Nothing is going oh. easy. Oh.
Well, that was very interesting. I think it's also crazy that one of the studies that is most often quoted has such a small yeah. sample population. Yeah. And that it's a... There's the um, weird acronym because most studies and experiments are... Um, let's see. The sample populations are Western, economically like secure... W-E-I. W-E-I. It basically just, like, if, if you're a psychology student, you're most likely the subject of many psychology studies because that's where they... Did you find it? Mm, yeah. What is it? Western, educated, industrialized, rich, and democratic. Yes. Yeah. So most studies are only done on those types of people. Because that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. It's where is it? It's probably a four-year university that you pay to be at. Right. That's where you're getting extra credit to participate in a study. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was I was gonna say I don't actually know what group of people this was or where the study took place, but I'm willing to bet it was in the United States with people who are. You said it was in Europe. Did I? You did. Fuck. Well, I retract that. Yeah, it was from the European <laughs> Journal of Social Psychology. So. <laughs> so definitely European people that are like, really, So I'm yeah. willing to bet it was in Europe somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, keep that in mind. Whenever you hear studies say, mm. if, if you don't fit that demo, if you fit that demographic, that's true for you. That's true. But, but otherwise, just fucking do it. Fucking do the dang thing. Yeah. That is life, because... We don't, we don't know. We can try our best to study, but we're going to get wrong. Yeah. We're just... We're all... <sighs> wisdomless nerds. Everything that we have learned through science is because we didn't know shit before. And we still don't know shit. And the that's why we keep learning. The more science we learn, the more we know we don't know. Exactly. Exactly. God. Just think about the deep ocean. Think about Marina's Trench and how many bodies are in it. Isn't it Mariana's Trench? <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm talking about Marino's. <laughs> also, this is a side note, but did you listen to the new MFM? Yes. Yeah, with the survival story of the guy. Yeah, for those of you who don't listen to My Favorite Murder, I that's cool. Do whatever you want. But they oh. had a story yeah. about a guy who was in a shipwreck and survived underwater. That's right. Underwater. underwater. For three days. It just, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Blown. I mean, I don't think we are really in the position to be plugging My Favorite Murder, because I think My Favorite Murder should be plugging us. You guys, yeah. (laughs) But they do great work over there. Shit. That's right. They do great work over there. Shit. Shit. Losers. Was that your... uh, That was it. That was me. Lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah. Well, cool. Are you ready to hear what I'm going to bring to the table? I would love to hear. <laughs> well, let me just lay down my feast on the table. This acronym, not acronym, this uh, <laughs> metaphor has gone too far. So, yeah. Gosh, habits, man. Habits, habits, habits. <laughs> there were a couple things I wanted to mention about habits. One of them was there's a ritual podcast episode. Sorry, I just snapped and got very excited. I just remembered something. It goes all the way back to what I was talking about with making my bed. There's a podcast called Make Your Damn Bed. Have you heard of it? No. It's, like, 
five to seven minute episodes just about different unique topics to learn about and you play it while you make your damn bed and it helps you make your bed and that's a great idea yeah yeah so I listened to it the other day while I made my bed and it was good it was good I recommend that's such a I love that that's really cool um yeah no there's a I mean yes that's great Hannah (laughs) now moving Um, Rich, the Rich Roll podcast, I think he's a very interesting guy and does a lot of interesting podcast episodes. And in one of them, he interviews the author who wrote the book Atomic Habits, and I'm blanking on what his name is now. But anyway, crazy interesting listen. Probably crazy interesting read. I definitely want to read it, but haven't gotten around to it yet. And essentially what this guy says, or what I remember most from this podcast, is that everything kind of like what you were saying just take it in small steps and meet yourself where you're at Mm -hmm. so for example if i am a couch potato let's not pretend it's an if i'm a couch potato and if i wanted to run a marathon well you don't start by i'm gonna run every day because you probably will fail at that Mm -hmm. if your goal is to run every day your goal can should start extremely small like Every day, I'm going to put my running shoes on. Mm. Literally that. And if that's too much for you, then maybe your goal is, okay, today I am going to walk to the door. Mm-hmm. And that's my my habit for the day. Yeah. And essentially, the gist of what this guy is saying is rather than beat yourself up because you're not reaching the goals that you want to reach to form the habits you want to form, Break it down into smaller and smaller parts until Mm -hmm. you can meet yourself where you're at. Like, maybe for you, maybe you do already run quite a bit. You're like, okay, well, my goal then is to run a mile every day. Or just go for a walk Mm -hmm. around the block every day. Mm -hmm. Something small. And since I listened to this podcast, it really has changed how I interact with myself. And instead of getting mad, if, you know, I set weekly goals for myself, whether that's something I want to do each day or in the week as a whole. And at the end of the week, when I sit down and evaluate, okay, did I meet my goals? Did I not? Instead of like what I used to do, I didn't meet these goals. I'm a sucky human because I didn't do that. Mm. I take a look at it and I say, okay, I didn't meet those goals. Let's break it down a little bit more. Mm -hmm. How can I make that smaller so that next week I have a better shot at doing it? Mm -hmm. And that has made all the difference. Mm. I mean, when I think about stopping smoking weed, that's a huge thing where it's, they yeah. say one day at a time, and damn, is it ever true? It's like <laughs> one minute at a time sometimes. Mm. And if you break it down to, okay, well, my goal today is to not go out and buy more weed. Mm. Boom, did it. I think I've said this before, I don't know how many times, but learning happens when you have an 80% success rate, 20% rate of failure. So if your goals are things that you are failing at more than 20% of the time, you're not learning. You're just feeling really shitty about yourself. Mm. And you need to restructure your goals. Yeah, you need to restructure because we deserve to celebrate our wins. And whether they are the littlest of wins or really big, whether you're like, well, my sister can do five cartwheels and I can only do half of a cartwheel, it doesn't matter. You're not your sister. Yeah. You got to restructure. Mm-hmm. Reform. I think a, a couple of things. 
that brings to mind. One is I also read in a in an article talking about that study that I was mm-hmm. um, talking about, and I don't I don't have the source. Sorry. Of course. <laughs> they the author was emphasizing that point that it might be few and far between that you have a huge success to celebrate, but the more little wins that you have, that is what keeps you moving forward. Right. Right. Um, Things that you can continuously celebrate yourself for. Yeah. Gosh. Did you follow the Good News Movement page? No. Or, let's see. Good News... It might be Good News Movement. I don't know. It's an Instagram page that's just good news things. And one of them was saying that studies show people who get really excited about pumpkin spice lattes and that time, like, pumpkin spice Mm. season are actually happier. And it's like, you know what, guys? If that makes you happy, let them have it. Let them fucking have it. You know? And so whatever stupid, weird thing makes you happy, like, when I was younger, turtle mochas from Caribou Coffee... Mm made me honestly into a brat because I'd be like, I need my turtle mocha. <laughs> I need it. And, but, you know, I could sit and just think for hours about the tiny Snickers pieces on top mm. and all these little things. Whatever makes you happy, if it's small and little, who cares? Indulge. Yeah. Indulge. Mm-hmm. I just got distracted with the, thinking of turtle mochas. <laughs> you know. Um, another thing did come to my mind when you were talking about, um, starting small, breaking it down, and not being hard on yourself when mm-hmm. you have a tough day or maybe you don't meet your goal for that day. It also reminded me that progress isn't linear. We know this. Right. But, like, maybe you're making great progress for a week and you're really proud of where you've gotten and you have to take a couple steps back. Maybe you have a really hard day and... You're just, it's not feasible to be at the same level that you were at the day before. That's okay. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think something that my partner and I talk about a lot as well is, so for example, we both love hiking and skiing and getting outdoors. Well, for me, that hasn't been as feasible as I wish it was. And that comes with a fair amount of imposter syndrome where I feel like if I say those are things I enjoy and like doing I'm lying to people Mm. because I haven't hiked in a long time where's your proof exactly yeah exactly and that's not true yeah like I feel that too yeah I think we all feel in our own way and that's the thing is like if I actually sit myself down and think about why I haven't gotten out to do those things it's so much more complex than just feel like it <laughs> like there's a lot going on in in my mental health life mm-hmm. right now and has been a lot going on for a long time and that's okay mm-hmm. but if I don't meet myself where I'm at which may be a low point if I don't meet myself there I will never leave that low point yeah if I never admit to myself hey I'm struggling and I need to I, I'm not where I used to be, mm-hmm. then I will never get to where I used to be. Right. Which is sometimes hard. Yeah. But very hard. Also a relief Yeah. to just accept that, okay, here's where I'm at. For example, when I... This is what I meant to talk about. Yeah. Um, so I struggled 
I have struggled with mental health in many ways, many forms, many times, <laughs> and it's been a journey. I'm glad to have been on it. Um, so happy that I have the support system I have in my life. Hannah, you're one of those big supports. My Hell parents, yeah. shout out to you people. Um, go parents. Go parents. And I know that we don't all have those supports, but anyway, in one of my uh, most difficult moments, I had gone through some sexual assaults, uh, more than one, all within, gosh, less than like a month of each other, pretty much. And it really fucked me up. (laughs) Still has. (laughs) Um, And so at that time, my mental health really kind of started dipping pretty hard. And I was in some really rough places, like wasn't really leaving the house, wasn't feeling... I was having panic attacks on the daily, was angry all the time, not feeling connected to the world, to myself, just like life was rough, the roughest it had been for me. And so I, being the analytical human being that I am, created a Google Sheets of little wins. And it literally was a spreadsheet of basically kind of like a chore chart, except just tiny little things that I probably could accomplish that day or wanted to accomplish that I had on the left-hand side and then every day of the week on the right-hand side and I would just put a color, I would choose a color that week and I would fill in the box under that day if I completed it. What were some of the things on your little ones? Showered. Nice. Went to bed before midnight. Nice. Uh, Left the house today. Had a vegetable. Mm. Not five, one. Yeah. Talk to someone in real life, whether that was a barista or, you know, a friend, whatever. Little, like, little, little things that some of you might, listening might be like, damn, that's really pretty. That's really not that cool. And it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't that cool. But for me, I, I wasn't that person. That wasn't... I'd struggled and had dealt with mental health and depression and, and bad things, but... To the point that I was at then, mm-hmm. I hadn't. Like, make it to class today. I To be honest, I did not go to class the last two years of college because I couldn't get there. I would have a panic attack on my way every single day. And would get so mad at myself that I couldn't do the things I used to be able to do, but had this little wins thing and would count up all my wins at the end of the week and, you know, was trying my best. So... I multiple times had walked myself to the emergency room to just say, hey, I need some help. Luckily, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm able to recognize my own mm-hmm. triggers when I'm starting to feel really uh, down and like life isn't worth living anymore. You're extremely self-aware. Why, thank you. Yeah. I try my best. I think it's a, a huge asset to you. <laughs> <sighs> it is. It is. Um, and I knew that when I had gone into the emergency room before, I had spent a couple days in um, a mental health ward, and not institution necessarily, like the psych ward. I was yeah. in the psych ward. And it, it, first of all, gave me a legitimate excuse. I don't want to say excuse, but a legitimate reason to not be in class and to take a second to actually, like, take stock of what was happening in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's hard when you're struggling the most, but you don't have anything to like tangibly um, 
show for it because otherwise it's your word it's you saying I can't handle this I can't do this I need right. space and a moment and yeah. yeah and that's a whole other process a whole other yeah. can of worms yeah because yeah. I remember I didn't realize that it was okay to take time for your mental health in that way mm-hmm. until after I spent four days in the psych ward mm-hmm. because I was like okay well I'll, I'll go in after I go to the shift at work I will fuck <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I will deal with this after enter responsibility here. And when I finally, like, my parents, I remember calling them being like, I am struggling hard. This is where I'm at. And they were like, you know what? Just walk to the ER and they'll help you. They'll help you figure out what resources you have available. Mm-hmm. And everything else can wait. Yes. And luckily, I have insurance and my family had insurance. So that was an option for me. Yeah. Without having to then have a huge financial burden. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying that this isn't a privileged story. Because right. it is. Yeah. But yeah, I remember walking out of my dorm room, <laughs> saying goodbye to my dorm neighbor. He's like, Where are you going? I was like, Oh, you know, the <laughs> library. As I'm just like walking myself to the ER casually. Um, when I got there, this is a different time when I did have that little wins thing in place. Mm-hmm. I was pretty well versed in the ER lifestyle at that point. Brought my snacks, had some activities, <laughs> and the uh, social worker there at the time, I believe he was a psychiatrist, and I told him what was going on. I was like, I've been trying really hard. In fact, let me show you how hard I've been trying. And I showed him my little wins sheet. And he was like, wait, you did this? Classic fashion. Classic Geary fashion. Classic Geary fashion. And he was like, no, this is incredible. We've never had anyone come in with something like this. This is, like, crazy (laughs) cool. He's like, can I actually... Do you want to come speak in one of my lectures? I kid you not. I'm sitting there like, did you? No, but he did reach out to me. That's nice. And the scheduling just didn't work out. Damn. But it was insane. I was like, wait a minute. Really? You want my (laughs) pathetic ass to come in and talk to your students about this Google Sheets that I created? And to be honest, I still use it to this day. Yeah. And I I have had big wins while I'm doing my little win sheet. I've had some very, very little, little, little win weeks where there's not even that much on my sheet. But just holding myself accountable in those ways for the little things I can do and the little habits that I can maintain and am doing well has made all the difference in just me being who I am, I guess. And I don't know. There are some weeks where it's only checked once for shower (laughs) and I'm a pretty smelly gal, but (laughs) there are others where, you know, I'm, Showering every other day like I try to. And, you know, it, yeah. it's an ebb and flow. And it now that is. I have all this data that I've collected about myself, I can go back and analyze it. <laughs> and I love to analyze the data. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess my point being that I have struggled consistently and had successes consistently. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest... Uh, tool in my toolbox has been having gratitude and kindness for the little things because sometimes that's all I can control or all I can feel grateful for you have to find something yeah and I think it's not even about 
what you find, it's about building those neural pathways to be looking. Mm. Because if you're looking for the good things and if you're looking for the little wins and now if I do something small that is a win, it's not just like, oh, well, I bet Michael Phelps could have done that better. You right. Know, whoever I'm comparing myself to in that moment. Right. It's, ooh, that'd be a good thing to add to my little wins list. So... That's how I keep track of my habits in an extremely analytical and extremely geary way. <laughs> if you want my little wind sheet, just let me know. <laughs> it's just columns and rows. Hell yeah. That keep me alive. And now I have a dog named Winnie, named after my great-grandma. May she rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so sad. Her name was Winifred, and she graduated college at 89, and she was a badass, so I named my dog after her, but now... Every day, I get to celebrate my little win, which Aww. is my puppy, Lil Winnie. Oh, the best little one of all. The best little one of all. Cute. Yeah. Well, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Dude, you've always been uh, an inspiration to me. And we've spoken about your little wins before. And I think having that open dialogue of this is all I can do today, that yeah. it whether it be the bare bare minimum or something pretty out there pretty cool it doesn't matter that's a great example of meeting yourself where you're at and I think my friendship with you has been a good reminder to me of that that like to hear that that when life gets overwhelming I can put on a different pair of sweatpants And that is a win. And that is a win. A clean pair of sweatpants? Yes, for real. I think that honestly was where we were coming from, too, when we wanted... When we came up with That Took a Turn as a podcast idea, Mm -hmm. because we wanted to see what we could turn shit into, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and both of us were coming to the table with a lot of shit... (laughs) and wanted to turn it into something more meaningful. And for me, thinking back to those days where I wasn't leaving the house or wasn't doing much other than my little wins, Mm -hmm. that was pretty reminiscent of when we first started this podcast. Like, not exactly when the first episode aired, but when we came to the idea of, like, hey, maybe we could do that. Because I needed a win. Mm -hmm. I needed something to keep me going and to give me a voice and... Something I could do even if I couldn't do much. And that's what this podcast has given me. So if you have been listening this whole time, really thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I don't want to speak for Hannah. Maybe she doesn't give a fuck about you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This podcast has helped me get sober. It's helped me connect with my friend. And just remember that I do have a voice. And even if no one except for Hannah gives a fuck. At least Hannah gives a fuck. I give a fuck. <laughs> I give the biggest fuck. So thank you to all of our listeners out there. Thank you. And we'll see you in season two. Have a good break. Have a great break. <laughs> I'm Hannah. I'm Kate. And this is That Took a Turn. Season one. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to That Took a Turn, the podcast. 
Written, produced, and everything by us, Kay Geary and Hannah Domish. It's pretty DIY. If you're digging the pod, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to That Took a Turn wherever you're listening to this podcast. I mean, if you made it to this point, you at least were like bored enough to listen. I know. Either way, you can also check us out on Instagram at That Took a Turn Podcast. Special thanks to Garrett Burns and special thanks to our listeners mm. for listening. Our theme song is by Music Unlimited. This has been I Handsome Prince Production. <laughs>